Like Bocca Juniors, we're still dreaming of winning some kind of award in spite of only two good episodes so far this year. Welcome to Hand of Life. Quicker episode than normal this week. I'm Sam Kelly. I'm sitting here with Australian Dan. Hello. Seba Garcia. Hola. And English Dan. Hello. Um, and we're back to discuss another exciting weekend of Argentine football action and look forward to the week to come. The league action this week was overshadowed to a certain extent by the, the friendly international, which we're going to talk about a little bit, um, even though it was only a friendly uh, a lot of our listeners will have been interested in it because it was, of course, against the United States in New Jersey. Guys, I'll throw it open with the widest possible question to start with. Any thoughts on <laughs> Saturday's game? I thought about the Argentina game. They played excellently, especially in the first half, but they just couldn't seem to have someone there to put the ball in the net. That was what was lacking. Like Messi, you know, we've said it many a time, and I've said it many a time in other places, but he played absolutely fantastically. And so did Banega and a few other players as well. But they do seem to still be lacking like a goal scorer. Maybe when Iguain comes back, he'll he'll add something new. But they definitely just need someone to poke it in the net sometimes. That's my um, two centavos on the on the game. To me, I wish I wish we 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 didn't see Di Maria playing for Argentina as often as he does. I mean, he he was on a different page mm. compared to the others. And not uh, in a good way. <laughs> not in a good way. And every every offensive play seemed to end uh, at his feet, and he continues to take uh, poor decisions. I don't know if he doesn't read the game uh, well enough. Uh, I don't know if it's if he's on a on a mission to to mm. become a great footballer on his own. He doesn't rely on the team. And if Batista, as he continues to say, wants to emulate Barcelona. I don't think Di Maria is the kind of player you you need to have on uh, on your team. Yeah. I'd say if I could add to that quickly, like the player that Di Maria reminds me of more than anything at the moment is I don't know if you guys will agree with me, Cristiano Ronaldo when he first came on the scene at United, like he could do absolutely brilliant things, but he just seemed to play like a headless chicken a lot of the time, you know, not thinking about where his actions were leading or yeah. if other people, he just, you know, did whatever the hell he wanted, tried the, to uh, score. And The difference being that when Ronaldo was doing that, he was 17 and Di Maria now is, what, 22, 23? Yeah. He should have learned by now. He should be maturing now. Which I think Mourinho was manager for his last half season. Yes. He improved a little bit under Mourinho, but it doesn't translate into uh, the national team. And mm. I don't want to make this all about Di Maria, but that, that's the thing that, stood out for me I watched the replay after I watched it live and then I watched the replay later on they show it at night and my baby didn't want to sleep so <laughs> I was looking at the game again and I counted at least five times in which the play asked for something else from Di Maria and he did yeah. the opposite do you, do you think Felipe would have been a better option on Argentina's left wing <laughs> Felipe reads the game better than him I think he's <laughs> <laughs> only one but anyway uh, that's that's my problem with the team and I think if it wasn't for the two white men that we had, Di Maria and Lavezzi, I mm. think we could have done better. Mm. I'm thinking 
Messi needs to play with teammates that really understand the game and give them give him more options and, and don't go for the individual effort every time. Yeah. Carlos uh, Tevez, for instance. Carlos Tevez, yeah, maybe, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yeah. He's not quite the ultimate team player. He's no. very individualistic sometimes, but I think it's he understands the game better than La Belsi sure. and Di Maria, for sure. Um, any any thoughts? Well, I, I like it in theory the the, the formation. I don't have su such a big problem with uh, with Di Maria. Uh, I do agree that he makes bad decisions and stuff, but he's the, the right type of player. I really like the the formation of Messi, Di Maria, and La Vesti because of the way both those the other two players can can switch sides, and I think they're the right type of player. So it didn't work the other day, but I think. In theory, it could work. As you said, he needs to improve his decision making and his finishing isn't that good, Dimitri. But apart from that, uh, yeah, as, as you said, the, in the first half, the, the, the team looked really, really good. Uh, I like that formation as an option for Batista. Uh, we're going to see the other formation tonight. Although yeah. last night, by the time everybody's listening to this, of right? Uh, so the other option will, will be with uh, Inganche, the playmaker, and Messi as a attacking player and then possibly another attacking player yeah. on side and, and, and have we I've, I've not been on the internet for most of the day in fact but has the starting 11 for tonight been confirmed already because I, I think less, yeah. what we were more or less expecting was an almost completely different team apart from Messi would still Messi's not playing Messi's not but Messi's of course not he's injured isn't yeah. he yeah. Well, yeah. slightly well, he's got a subacadio which is to me is not an injury but which is a shame of course because Pastore is going to play, and what we wanted to see was more the playing together, time for Pastore yeah. and Messi on the pitch for longer yeah. than just the last 20 minutes of a game. It could also be a shame for the AFR if they end up paying about $500,000 to Costa Rica. Yeah, <laughs> so don't be surprised, I think, if he comes on for five minutes or, or whatever. Well, we'll as, you, as you hear this, you'll already know what, what happened. But mm. yeah, that, as you said, that's a shame that we wouldn't, that we're not going to see those two together. Because. Uh, yeah, I think like what I like what Batista is doing is he, he he didn't he made one substitution I think the other night. Yeah, only one. Uh, he, he left the players on for ninety minutes. He wasn't using it like a normal friendly with lots of changes. So he wanted to see how that formation goes. T tonight, in theory, he was going to see the other formation uh, and a few different sort of players, a few of the younger defenders. Yeah, which I'm sure he will do. He'll he'll make a few changes tonight. So do we know who the two players in front of Pastore are going to be tonight? Well, Sosa will start. Uh Okay. Instead of Messi, uh, in Jose place of Sosa. Messi, Jose Sosa de Napoli, former Estudiantes, offensive midfielder, it could be... Slash forward, yeah, kind of. Exactly. Uh, I quite like him. He's, he doesn't have a lot of uh, media hype around him, mm. but I, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's pointless for us to talk about uh, a lot about the Costa Rica game. Yeah. It's going to happen in a he's few hours. He's got six goals, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah, the reason I was asking about the two forwards was because, I mean, you'd, presumably Sosa will be taking the messy role um, yeah. in that case. But it's then, what uh, I've been thinking is I, I like the, the way that they're, obviously what they're trying to do with Di Maria, Lavezzi on the flanks and Messi in the middle is try and play Messi in this kind of false nine role that he's filling so well for Barcelona this season where he can drop off from the front and kind of orchestrate the play but I do wonder where Sergio Batista is thinking Gonzalo Higuain is going to come into that because presumably Higuain is going to be in the starting 11 when he comes back from injury and how he thinks he's going to fit into that system because Higuain I rate him as a player but I don't. he doesn't strike me as he's not going to come straight in and directly replace either Di Maria or Lavezzi no, in the formation I think he can I think he, he'd be more he's more like a centre forward but he, he can play wide he has yeah. played wide for Real Madrid and um, so I think he would probably slot in for, for someone like Di Maria. Yes. Slightly, obviously slightly adjusted tactics, but it wouldn't be a huge deal. 
and he would he, he would be used in that other formation where you've got yeah. a number nine, a traditional number nine, and then and then um, enganche like Pastorio. Well, so I guess tonight the most advanced player will be uh, the next Boca player, Nicolas Gaetan. That's who they've. Uh, uh, he's having a really good season with Benfica. Yeah, and I saw him a couple of times for Boca. Like I don't think I saw him in his best moment as he was coming to the end, but I saw things that impressed me. Like obviously impressed Benfica coaches because they paid I think nearly 9 million euros for him yeah, he's yeah. doing quite well he's, yeah. his first season there and I think that the, the good thing about this uh, tactic with three forwards is the way they they disappear from the left and then the, def <coughs> the, defend the defenders will, uh, wouldn't know where, it's, uh, where they're coming from they, they could play on the left and then on the right and then on the middle mm. that's what they I'm saying that's why yeah, I like because they can swing, switch sides and and whatever confuse the defense. Yeah, and that's theory. that's what I would like to see. Um, I mean, every, everybody talk about the ex the exclusion of Tevez and Aguero, and I think that's for uh, non-footballing reasons. Yeah, uh, he, he has yeah. to come to the surface uh, sometime. Mm -hmm. I think it's not not related with football. But if if we don't talk about these kind of these two players, I'm thinking Lisandro Lopez could be another yeah. good in inclusion in the squad. I I hope he gets another chance because. He did quite, quite well playing for Argentina. He he came as a sub against Russia, scoring after 30 seconds, and then Maradona didn't like one of, one of his attitudes when when they were not playing. They were at the hotel, and he didn't like the way uh, Diego didn't play him against Paraguay or Brazil, and then he didn't call him again. Uh, Which is ironic, considering that Maradona's you know came in and, and was all like I'm only going to uh, use players who really want to play for Argentina yeah. and the second somebody goes boss I want to play more yeah <laughs> he exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah so I hope he gets another chance I, I think he could be one of those players who could play under this tactic and, and come from the right the left or the middle mm. with the same kind of uh, effectiveness yeah, I'm really well I'm really hoping that it's looking less likely Tevez will come back, but I'm really hoping that Aguero sorts his differences out with Batista because he's exactly the sort of guy that could slot into almost any of these positions. Yeah, yeah. Even though he's, really he's, he's much more of a number nine, he, he's probably the only one that could replace Messi to any sort of degree in the sure. types of roles he plays. So yeah. that would definitely be a, a great advantage for Argentina in the, in the Copa America. Yeah, um, in one of the, the quotes that I saw, of course, regarding this ambition to play like Barcelona was from Roberto Ashala yesterday who, who was in the papers saying that uh, well pointing out really what, what's fairly obvious which is that um, for a national well for any national team to try and play like Barcelona is slightly unrealistic because Barca have had it for years and years and years and most of the players have brought up through the academy playing in one system and so with a national side who get together once every month for, for a couple of days and who play all kinds of different systems in their club you know as Ashala said the only player who's key to Barcelona's system who is playing for Argentina is Messi I mean Spain can attempt to play like Barcelona or something approximating it because a yeah, load of the players are the same yeah um, I agree with that yeah. but yeah when, when you've only got Messi it's I mean okay so he could be seen as the kind of cherry on the top of the cake of Barcelona's style but uh, without the fondant and icing <laughs> and uh, flour and all of the other stuff that you need to make a cake I'm not saying I'm a very good um, maker of cakes, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 difficult. To, yeah. um, Some would say eggs are the, the the key element, the key exactly. ingredient. Yeah, yeah. they bind yeah. everything. Yeah. You need yeah. somebody to beat the eggs. A lot of huevos. Play with somebody, a lot of huevos. Somebody, <laughs> in fact, somebody in fact, like Fernando Gago, 
Yeah. For instance, uh, one of us got a question about Fernando Gago on Twitter. Yes, so no, that, that was me. Um, yeah, well, he looks we'll for the piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, it's always the same with uh, with Argentina. Every time we discuss Argentina, it's like a magnet. S- sending our eyes straight to the offense and we don't speak about the rest of the, yeah, of the yeah, team and that is exactly where the, the problems the, the problems the defense, we have yeah. they, they lie on, on the defense and in, the, in midfield we didn't have a midfield in, in yeah. South Africa 2010 yeah. uh, but I, I, I saw a lot of improvement and, and I really like Banega the way he played Banegas, against the USA Banegas as the local TV commentator said Banegas and De Maria yeah. is incredible he, get, he gets paid a lot of money and he, <laughs> I mean, I don't want. I'm, I don't I'm ask waiting him. for him at some point to go. Which club do any of these guys play for? <laughs> Messi. He plays for Real Madrid. Doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, I will forgive them for getting every American name wrong. Atidor <laughs> 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 instead of Altidor, and but but yeah. then when they when they Dempsey. Dempsey and Bradley. We heard some shockers as, as we were talking about with Seba before for the the, the location, New Meadowlands. Oh, <laughs> try to, should have seen the commentators try to try to pronounce that one. Yeah. Shocking. Uh, anyway, this question was from Frank Risorto. Uh, he says, "Does Gaga, uh, does Gaga have to leave Real Madrid?" He makes a point that it's what a waste of talent, uh, and it's kind of like Cambiasso all over again. You guys think Gaga needs to leave? I th- I think Gago, um will be a good thing for Gago for his career to move. I quite I, I quite see him playing in in the, in the Premier League. I think that that style, that pace of of, of the game will suit his game um, because. It's, it's all right to play for a big team like Madrid, but only if you're getting s- enough minutes. Yeah, if you're yeah. playing for them. If you're playing yeah. for them. Yeah, you're sitting on the bench and doing exactly. that. I definitely agree, yeah. Like, yeah, a Liverpool or a Juventus or some, somewhere where he's going to play all the time and still yeah. a big club, but definitely right. And he could well be in the plans for the Copa America and, and even the next World Cup. He's a very, very good player. Yeah. Yeah. He just needs to be playing. But yeah. he, he just uh, excluded himself from Copa America because he's getting married with, to tennis uh, tennis star Gisela Dulco and he's getting married in the middle of July. So Copa America takes place, starts on the 1st of July until the 24th, I think. This is and he's getting married. Like <laughs> he, he's getting married, so uh, he's not going to come to Copa America. Uh, or if he comes Although, where, where are they getting married? They're both Argentine. Yeah. They could be getting married here. He could take a day yeah, off. I think she needs to be he just needs an afternoon off the training camp. Yeah, she, she's, she won't play the Fed Cup uh, <laughs> either. So uh, I think if he, if, he ga- if Gago plays uh, in Copa America, that could be ground for, ground for divorce. <laughs> I don't think he will go down, down that road. Um, so yeah, he's getting married. Congratulations, Fernando. You Congratulations, You really scored there. At least you have something to do in July. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we rate him as a player then, generally, don't we? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, it definitely I, I do think he... Yeah. I can't see him earning a, you know, a kind of a permanent place in the Real, Real Madrid uh, first 11. So if not, yeah, I think he needs to, he needs mm. to move on. I, I didn't used to. Um, <laughs> he, he kind of... From the very little he's played in Madrid, I, I prefer him now to when he first came through at Boca. As uh, Roberto Amondancieri, who was the Boca keeper at the time, actually said at one point that he was a frustrating player to be on the same team as sometimes because he's a number five, which is a defensive midfielder who th- wants to be or thinks he's a number ten, and so he kind of end up wandering really far up the pitch, almost kind of without realizing what he was doing, and, and as a result, Boca's midfield would be really exposed, and the, the keeper and the centre backs had to be on their toes the whole time. But he's definitely <coughs> kind of matured with that and, and he's learned to to put in a tackle now and then as well when he needs to which is which is good and uh, yeah I mean a move to as you say so the, the Premier League or, or to Italy um, as Dan said 
certainly wouldn't be and playing and beyond them and be, it would probably be a step up because when you're when you're at Madrid like you say if you're not playing then it's so difficult to break into the team and it's all as well yeah. because of the mentality of the the boardroom and the fans and everything there and certain players have to play all the time even with Mourinho in charge who has maybe stuck two fingers up to that to an extent it's it's tricky for him yeah it's just as you were talking about the the way he tends to wander forward and stuff I mean playing in this kind of kind of system that Batista's using at the moment with almost three number fives you know he could replace Vanega or somebody if, if he was injured so it wouldn't be such a big problem if you got Cambiaso and Mascherano behind you it's, it's not such a problem if you wander off of it. no absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely um We'll move on to the local league. Yeah, uh, why, why did why did the local league have a, a weekend oh, of I've action? Been, I've been picked up by the way, Seba. Last week you you said that um, the Argentine league was the only league that does this on international weeks, and I, I got a, yeah. There were a couple of others, including MLS, which was playing matches on the day of. Uh, oh. There was one in in New York actually, I think. The, and the Colombian the and Paraguayan leagues play. played as well. So yeah, I, I've been told by a listener to <laughs> to correct that, but <laughs> yeah, right. it, it was. It Any more complaints about minute. Seba, please? <laughs> yeah, he loves to hear them. You can find me in a rooftop in Kawashita <laughs> <laughs> with somebody at his side. <laughs> no, yeah, there was, um, for whatever reason, um, I mean, I, actually, I, I can see some kind of reasoning because, of course, they've got to get the local league action out of the way in time for the Copa America mm. this year, at least. But, but there is, the Argentine league does never seem to break for international weeks, even when lots of others do, and even occasionally when there's actual competitive. Football on. Well, it does hardly affect. Uh, it does hardly affect the uh, the Argentinian players in the local. Yeah, yeah. As, as we said last time, there's none of them. Went, I don't think this time. No, no, um, no. They only um, use the European national team. Oh yeah, they, the sub the the substitute goalkeepers. They're yeah. both from the local league. Yeah. But mm. One of them is even a sub play for his yeah. team. Both <laughs> of them actually. Both of them yeah. are subs. Uh, Marchesini is a yeah, sub goalkeeper for yeah. Caranta in Lanús, and Gavarini never plays for Independiente. I think he's third choice now. It's uh, yeah. well, Lario Gav- and yeah. Asman. Well, I've got to say, with Gavarini, I really rated him. I think it was in the 2010 Clausura. He was a starter for Independiente. Yeah, it was he, his time last year, and he had a fantastic season. Yeah. Like uh, basically, yeah. he was the only reason why Independiente finished as high as they did. I think they finished fourth because he looks kind of as bad as they have done for the last two seasons but well, I, they also I, were not conceding any goals they looked like they were going to win the league for a long stretch yeah. I remember because when, Ma- when Maradona named his World Cup squad one of the shocks was that Gabarini wasn't in it Yeah, yeah that, that, that was almost as big a shock as the fact that Ariel Garcia was when some of the more sensible commentators started to go hang on a second it's because <laughs> you've never been to Santa Fe yeah of course um, no he is very good at carrying out for Horace as we know yeah yeah, but anyway, the, the the local weekend was an interesting one at both ends of the table. What happened to, to Racing, guys? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was about to say last Bo- week's. Boca and River won. I think Boca, that's, that's yeah. the main topic. Vélez had a very good win yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. a lot of talk. There's Racing. a lot to talk about. Actually, actually yeah. uh, Lanús did have it, put in a very impressive. Lanús, who did they play? Ah, uh, yeah, okay. So okay. <laughs> I give up. Let's say the scenario was. I think the good thing. Classic yeah. was leading one 0 after about sixty minutes. Yeah, and I, yeah. and I turned the TV off. And I, I saw from to um, Toranzo, Toranzo free kick, yeah. and then and then Lanús scored four. <laughs> they scored four goals and unanswered yes, goals. Four one. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy, crazy game. The goalkeeper yeah. had a nightmare of a game. Uh, a couple of the players really didn't do very well either. Yeah. Avellano, who we now hate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one one of the, uh, the the main defender for Racing, one of the key players in in our defense, Matias Martinez, 
uh, woke up with gastroenteritis. Is, yeah. is that yeah. a word? Yeah, you yeah. can say that in English as well, yeah. yeah. Excellent. You right. sound quite posh. Gast- <laughs> gastroenteritis. Yeah. Right. A sore stomach. <laughs> yeah. A tummy bug, yeah. Exactly, yeah. He didn't play, had to be replaced. Yeah. And he also had an Cáceres as well was, Cáceres was out playing for, for the international call-ups. Yeah, mm. yeah playing with Paraguay. Yeah. And that was it, Lanús. I didn't see the last 30 minutes. I left when you know, Racing was leading 1-0. And, um, but what it seemed like watching the replay was that the goalkeeper made a couple of bad mistakes and then it's one of those times when they just the defence and everybody loses confidence in the goalkeeper and he just one area after another and yeah. just ended in yeah, disaster. And, and then at 3-1, Jacob hit the bar and, mm. on the, and, and down the other end, Lanús scored the fourth. It's like some of these uh, matches in which the three goal difference was a bit too much. Uh, yeah, it was flatter than this. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it was an eye-opening scoreline because, of course, as we were saying last week, Racing have been playing very well. Yeah, um, but but, yeah, but mean, it's, it's now the third defeat in seven matches. That's yeah. not the form of a champion. So no. Um, no, me and Seba were talking about this just before we came on the air. Like he's starting to lose the uh, the illusion, the dream. I've still just about got it, but I think the next three games. We've got uh, Tigre at home, then Huracan away, and then it's the big, big Clásico against Independiente. Yeah. To look at finishing champions, I think you have to be winning all three of those games. Yeah, I would if agree with that. If Racing don't win all three, I think we can kiss goodbye to the championship, and, unfortunately. And talking about clubs who are still dreaming of being champions, Boca Juniors got their second <laughs> win of the year this, year, this season. And as Dan was saying just before we started recording the TV interviewer after the match, asked Boca midfielder Leandro Somosa whether the club was still dreaming about the championship. And right, they're currently in 17th place, place yeah. I think, and that's yeah. Yeah, their second win in, in seven games. But, you know. but it was inspired by, well, I, I, actually I'm not sure how much of the, I, I saw the, the second half. Um, mm. It was actually a fairly turgid performance, but it was lit up by a moment of brilliance from a man who we've all talked about and written about a lot as Argentine football journalists, Juan yeah. Roman Riquelme. Yes, he is still playing, everybody, sometimes, when it suits him and when he's fit. And Julio Cesar Falcioni has basically spent what seems like all of this year resolutely kind of in his very gruff voice saying, no, I'm playing 4-4-2, this is what I'm playing, I'm not going to build a team around one man. And they've managed to beat him down to finally building a team around Riquelme <laughs> To, to visit Colón um, and what happens ok they didn't perform all that well but Riquelme scores the only goal in a 1-0 win um, and it was a brilliant it was a lovely goal it was absolutely um, fantastic nobody expected him to hit it straight yeah. he, he was way out on the right wing kind of maybe slightly further out than the 18 yard box but you know the only free kick that he was going to take really was to cross it into the box for, yep, as for everyone Mackie expected Padero the goalkeeper included and, and he absolutely belted it into the top right-hand corner. Yeah, the, the near post. Um, and the goalkeeper completely flat-footed, just stood totally still, and the ball sailed past him. Um, well, that was the only exciting moment in the entire yeah. match. Well, you, you say that, but about two minutes or three minutes after that, Julio Cesar Falcioni did another absolutely unthinkable thing, not for him, but for any Boca manager. <laughs> he finally saw the light, he finally grew a pair of testicles, <laughs> and he subbed Martin Palermo, which... And apparently he was going to do it before the yeah, goal as well. That's, that's a say, real yeah, kind of breaking, shocking thing. Yeah, it is. A, it wasn't. He he had made the decision before yeah. the goal, so it wasn't like, you know, we're ahead, take off the striker. It was we're mm. going to take off Palermo now. Yeah. yeah. When he, I think he played a, 
you know, uh, they were building up in an attack and he played a, a silly pass backwards and set up an, a counter-attack uh, for the opposition. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a big move to take him off. But we do know that he will be starting against uh, the big match yeah. uh, next week against Estudiantes. Yeah, which is probably the spanner in the works of Boca's newly revived title hopes because Colón have been, over the last year, one of the worst teams in Argentina and for some reason particularly at home, as we've discussed on previous episodes. Um and Boca's very next game after what is a seriously morale-boosting win in spite of the, the poor performance um, is going to be against arguably the best team in the, in the country or he certainly had, uh, one of the yeah. best teams he had a very convincing 3-0 win I'd say kind of opposition assisted 3-0 win on Friday to go top because all boys, all boys yeah, yeah they managed to score two of Estudiantes goals with two within, well, the a, first within one, about three minutes within about three minutes to watch, and the yeah. first one was absolutely diabolical keeping from Nicolas Cambiaso yeah. who just dropped the ball over his own line and that game interestingly uh, was in the Racing Stadium because U2 had hide out Estudiantes Stadium for the weekend hmm. which I mean I don't know if you guys had a guy any kind of puns with that but I certainly certainly had a guy Suffice to say, it wasn't a beautiful day. Suffice to say, it wasn't a beautiful day for Pepe Romero. <laughs> and all boys, uh, they, they still haven't found what they're looking for. Uh, <laughs> they're looking uh, every day. They look more and more uh, like they're going to get relegated yeah. after yeah. brilliant yeah. torneo apertura. Now they they only scored twice in seven weeks, and it's not looking good for them. Well, no. A funny little incident in that game was uh, the, we had the two Barrientos brothers against each other uh, in midfield and they, they almost came to blows. Fitting that it was played in Racing Stadium because of course something similar happened in a Navashaneda Classic or so as you've told yeah. me in the past. Yeah, it, it was uh, at Lanús when Independiente were playing at home but it was the, uh, the Avellaneda derby ah, sorry, yeah. and Diego Milito who now plays for Inter of course uh, went through the defense, and the defender who brought it down was Gabriel Milito. At, at the time, Diego was playing for Racing, yes. and uh, Gabriel Thanks. was playing for Independiente. Thanks. So when when Diego was down, he asked the the, the referee to show the yellow card <laughs> to his brother, and then his brother went and said, "Hey, what are you doing?" And, and he kind of said something about their their own mother. <laughs> it was. It was Incredible to see, and they said I, they. I think we can say we, we can translate into roughly what the same as the English equivalent, which would be that he called his own brother a son of a bitch. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I wasn't feeling like saying it. <laughs> yeah. So the, the Barrientos brothers were just sort of um, having little kicks at each other and scraping the studs down the back of the, their ankles and stuff. And it sounds a lot like being brothers with someone, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I've done the same with my brother, but maybe not in front of thirty thousand people. But <laughs> you know, with YouTube these days, anything's possible. Yes. Um, other games uh, River we were mentioning as well just before we started recording that it's the first time in what feels like a very 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 long time that River and Boca have both won on the same weekend it happened on the second week of the, this clausura yeah. it, it, oh, looked it? Like, it looks yeah. like it was longer yeah, it, it uh, seems a lot longer ago. Yeah. River won 2-1 against Newell's Old Boys and something that definitely hadn't happened for a very 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 long time before that was that Leandro Caruso had gone <laughs> Uh, what was the number? 455, 485 days without scoring a goal or something in, in an actual match. Wow. Yeah, like a year and a half, basically. And he scored twice, forever. Um, that tells you uh, all you need to know about news these yeah. days. Uh, and it kind of tells you something about Mariano Pavone's luck as well, because Caruso was playing up front for River due to the fact that Pavone picked up an injury during last week's match, I think it was, or it might have been in training the following day. 
and so Caruso came in to replace him and of course Pavone has been in really good form the whole season but hasn't been scoring as many as he by his own admission would have liked <laughs> Caruso has not scored in a year and a half comes in scores his first two goals for River but now Rogelio Funes Mori could come back he Let's plays for the reserves yes, well yes. God oh. willing he won <laughs> <laughs> this is the day Sam has been dreading they, they've yes. been, they have been talking about Diego Buonanotte possibly starting though because Manuel Lanzini is um, I'm not sure whether he's suspended or injured this weekend but he's not going to be able to play this weekend and so Buonanotte might be playing alongside Lamela in mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. Uh, the main striker whoever he'll be this, this weekend against against whoever River are playing this weekend I'll tell you shortly is he Gimnasia? Yeah. Is he, I think he's not in Gimnasia, no. Gimnasia no. got Independiente. Uh, they're, they're playing an Argentine football club this yeah. weekend, anyway. In the Primera División, we think. Yes. Uh, we should definitely mention San Lorenzo, who won away to Olimpo, mm. which uh, Missy Olimpo Dan predicted. Uh, <laughs> and Olimpo were the league leaders before they that were, match, of course. and they got a few raised eyebrows when yeah. when Mystic Dan. They did, but it was a break call, and they 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 top of the table now. San Lorenzo. No, they're no, one point they, behind. If they win the game in hand, yeah, they have a game in hand, yeah. which is against course, Verde, yeah, so that's not yeah. not a guaranteed win at all. Uh, but they're, they're they're doing very well, yeah, points yeah. wise. They're in good form, yeah. San Lorenzo. Yeah, <clears throat> and also Vélez, they started really badly. Both in Copa Libertadores and well, the Copa Libertadores. They've been alright. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a, they were on and off, and and now. They still have their their future, in their destiny in their own hands, and and in the clausura, in the torneo clausura, they also have a game in hand, and if they win, they will go Very close like top, third yeah. or or fourth yeah. in the standings. I just uh, don't think they got a good three yeah. 0 win against Arsenal. Yes, um, yeah. at home, oddly. At home. It's, so, so given that last week's game, which was called off, was also a home one, they, they had two home games in a row, which is. I think relatively un- it, it feels unusual anyway it normally it happens to each team I yeah. think once a season or something really but it feels like much more unusual than that for some yeah. reason River are a way to Kilmes by the way Kilmes that should be a done. win yeah. speaking of Kilmes now Dan's given us that lovely lovely link I think one of the best things I saw this weekend was another fantastic performance from probably my favourite coach uh, Ricardo Caruso Lombardi <laughs> why do you say probably is him or is he not your favourite coach he's definitely one of them you know. <laughs> if, he, if he was still the Racing coach I wouldn't like to see Racing so much but I definitely would pay attention to the press conferences and I don't know how it's all turned out at the moment if they've accepted his re- resignation or not but he's basically resigned from the Kilmer's coaching job after three games Considering they were two draws and a and a loss, which is you know by Kilmer standards pretty reasonable, <laughs> yes. and he pretty much went crazy. I think he's got a point. I mean, they, they're not giving Kilmer anything. Well, what did he say first? Like, it was a yeah, in, in the press time. conference. Or? He well, was, it was after after the game and in the mix zone. He mm. said, uh, "I feel relegated," and you know, there's a <coughs> very important politician in Argentina, Aníbal Fernández. He's like. Uh, he's the chief of the cabinet, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. thanks. Um, he is a Kilmes fan and also the vice president, on, uh, vice president of Kilmes. And I think now he's the, the, the president uh, because the former president of Kilmes is busy doing other things mm-hmm. and he's the head of the Copa America organizing committee. But anyway, a lot of people said, okay. Kilmes, they're not going to get relegated because this very important politician in, in the country supports them and he's in their board of directors. But since uh, since the, the, the apertura uh, started and now in the clausura is the same, they have been killed by the referees. and They, they never give them 
yeah. their penalties or, or penalty kicks yeah. or, or whatever, all the decisions go against them. And one of the things that Caruso said, if I remember rightly, was um, that, and in fact this is why I should have remembered who River were playing next weekend, because he said um, one of the Kilmes defenders or something got what Caruso obviously felt was a really, really soft yellow card which took him to five yellow cards and therefore he's suspended for the next match and Caruso was saying you know this has happened he shouldn't have been booked for it he has been booked for it oh who's our next opponent River Plate yeah exactly and I think he said yeah. something along the lines of uh, River and Gimnasio won't be allowed to get relegated yeah yeah. he mentioned uh, specifically uh, Eric Lamella who committed a similar foul or a worse foul apparently and uh, he didn't get a yellow card so Right. Yeah, but the, the funniest quote from him, I think, was when he said this Aníbal Fernández, this big politician, uh, in order for Quilmes to be helped, Aníbal Fernández will have to dress as a referee and, yeah. <laughs> and give Quilmes the penalties that are not being given. So I'd like to see Aníbal Fernández running around the football pitch. <laughs> His big moustache. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he was, yeah, I saw him talking to one of the TV stations during the week, and he's sort of got these wild and, and zany conspiracy theory but he doesn't seem to be able to kind of put into words what, who he thinks is against him and, and I don't know the, the, the commentators are asking well so you think the referees are being paid and he's saying no I'm not saying that they're being paid so, so they're just bad and no I'm not saying that either so you know he, he kind of gets that close before getting done for a slander or right. a libel or something yeah. yeah but very very close <laughs> But yeah, he's he's amusing. He's like the Ian Holloway of the Argentine first division, and even yeah, but slightly more, more scary. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, we are having a very rapid fire episode this week. I think now we'll start to look forward to the weekend that's coming. Um, actually, how's the table looking at the moment? Then we've got Estudiantes. Estudiantes are top, top with 15, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you've got uh, San Lorenzo, Lorenzo and Olimpo, Olimpo with yeah. 13, but San Lorenzo with a game in hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, then we've got River and Racing tied and on 12. River and Racing and Banfield. Team on 12 as well. Banfield. Argentinos yeah. 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 slightly... Yeah. They've drawn a lot of games. Yeah. They haven't lost, lost yet, but, yeah. Yeah. but they haven't still unbeaten yeah, in, in the league. Um, yeah. Bottom is Quilmes, of course, and the relegation... Uh, table which is different different yeah. than the standings that the proper standings we've got uh, Quilmes and Gimnasia in automatic relegation places and then All Boys and Huracan will have to play a playoff with the <laughs> third and fourth best teams mm. from yeah. the, nas- the second division well I believe now uh, Huracan have gone if I remember rightly five games without without defeat yeah, since, uh, since Pompeii took over exactly yeah, and they're, they're playing quite yeah, they had a very good result well. a 2-0 victory against Gymnasia kind of a relegation 15 points 15 points or 18 yeah. points yeah. Yeah. did you have a question that's related to this server was it you? no I don't um, no, I've, I, it you was me and, and before I ask it as well, I have to correct <laughs> something that I said last week um, it seems only fair after picking Seba <laughs> um, that for some reason in last week's episode when we were discussing the teams who might come up I said that Rosario Central might do I've since looked <laughs> at the second division league table and Rosario Central will almost definitely not be promoted uh, at the end of this season they're, they're somewhere down in mid-table and they've just lost their second manager of the season so I apologise if you're a Rosario Central fan from abroad and Hand of Pod is your only source of <laughs> you Rosario Central news then I, I do pity you um, <laughs> you can but I also apologise for getting you too excited well the, the one famous Rosario Central supporter that used to live abroad is no longer with us unfortunately is the, the one and only Che Guevara but mm. yeah. he's not gonna <laughs> <laughs> no he's 
he's not been jumping up and down on their terraces for a, a while. A new revolution will happen before San, before Rosario Central <laughs> gets promoted, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Well, presumably Ángel Di Maria is a famous Rosario Central fan. Mm. He used to play for them. No, but my, my question was, uh, it was about the relegation system uh, uh, via being about River Plate. Uh, it came in from Twitter from uh, José Dolores Says. Um, says as in the English word S-A-Y-S, not as in S-E-Z or something. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's not entirely clear. He's got a Spanish name. And, and, and he says... Um, <laughs> he, he said, would it be good for Argentine football if River Plate were to be relegated because might it therefore, if that happened, see the end of uh, this three-year-long relegation table that we've got at the moment, and which we've explained in previous Handapod episodes, so we won't go back over that. I mean, I'm a River fan, so I think I'm probably expected to say no, but I'd, uh, I'm tempted to say yes, actually. And I don't know whether the AFRA actually would end the relegation table they've got at present, but it might make them think about making changes. It, it, you know, well, Not that I'm saying it should make them think about making changes if a big team went down. But it undeniably would make them think about yeah. how yeah, to but stop I, it happening. Uh, this is new this week, and they have announced that they're going to change. We we discussed this in, in, in previous episodes that they have changed the qualification process for, for Argentine teams to Copa Sudamericana mm. and Copa Libertadores, and mm. uh, and now they said that they're not going to switch back to long season, like long tournament, 38 weeks, yeah, they will keep the short tournaments going, 19 uh, weeks uh, each, the apertura and the clausura, and they will also they will also keep point average, the promedios, yeah. and this is something they, they announced this week. So I say that now, but if River do go down at the end of the, of the season, or if Independiente they really fell away and were to be relegated. I don't know, maybe there's a hidden agenda there, maybe they... they Maybe well, they, they were undeniably introduced to, to keep the big clubs, with the exception of Racing, yeah. uh, in the first division. They uh, save a bigger possible. club to, in, in order. <laughs> they, they send Racing to the second division in yeah. order to save a bigger club. Uh, and, and to clarify for anybody who's wondering why even a River fan is suggesting that AFA have got something against Racing, the AFA president, Julio Grondona, is, is an independiente. He used uh, to be an independiente president. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think. I think it would certainly make, the, make them sit up and take notice and start to think about changing the system. I don't know whether the new system that they decide on would be any fairer. You know, they, they might well just say, okay, well, from now on, teams that are in the big five can't be relegated. But what if, <laughs> but what if they want to develop the lower divisions a little bit more? Hmm. I think that would be the, the ideal case to have a team like River or Independiente or one of the big fishes yeah, one of the big would, fish would like go, da- go down. Yeah, if yeah. you remember when Juventus went down to Serie B and it was quite, you know, it generated a lot of interest and yeah. kind of, a, as I said, doing a tour of the less fashionable cities of, of Italy. And the other thing that's just entered my head as well would be that Tay say would be happy. Um, th- this is the company who, until a year and a half, two years ago, owned the rights to the first division games, had them taken off them by the government who gave it to public TV, but who still owned the rights to the lower division. Yeah, but what if this is when it, get in, it gets interesting? What if. They when River goes down, yeah, that one team's game. It's a can of yeah. Ones, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they take the the TV rights for lower mm. divisions from from Taise to the public uh, TV again. Because I think they just say that all River games have to be shown on it, and that the rest exactly. of the yeah, they don't take yeah. Uh, I think that was being talked about actually a few weeks ago. I could be wrong. Uh, they were thinking of changing uh, Football para todos to uh, Deportes para todos, like yeah. sports rule. And I think in that it did it's include going, some it's, it's, essential it's games. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. happening and. Uh, it's going to include rugby and tennis and yeah. basketball. 
Yeah. Other so, disciplines yeah. as well. And also lower division football was one of them. Yeah. So maybe that was put in preparation just in case River would go down. We can't, <laughs> no. we can't speculate. Speaking of, uh, just before we move on to the predictions, speaking of lower <laughs> division, uh, Dan and I attended a, a wonderful lower division game. It was quite Sunday. memorable, yeah. I'd like to tell everyone about it. We were in uh, the Ferrocarril de Loete Stadium, which is a club about 10 blocks away from my house in Cabachito. And Who it was entertaining. Because Australian dad supports them. Of course, we've uh, mentioned it before, because yeah. he dragged me along to the stadium, you know, to see his first real love of Argentine football. <laughs> and it's interesting, the brilliant thing that this stadium has that I haven't seen here going to Primera games is the stadium's completely wooden. Instead of uh, concrete terraces, they still have what they call uh, tablones. I'm not sure what the word would be in English, to be honest. Uh, like planks, basically. Planks, we'll call them yeah. Pl- yeah, don't, planks. Don't look at me. Instead of concrete, yeah. <laughs> And so when you're jumping up and down on the terrace, as it begets you to do in Argentina, they bend and give a lot, which is fairly disconcerting if it's your first time. Yeah, but, but anybody who jumps up and down on the yeah. terrace of a concrete first division stadium, and has, sway, you know, yeah. I mean, Boca fans like to make a big thing about all oh, La Bombonera moves. Well, all of them move when you jump up and down on yeah. them. But yeah, the one at Ferro really does yeah. Yeah. creak. And, <laughs> and luckily I survived, but... Uh, we did have one victim. My uh, house keys managed to fall down into the depths of the stadium <laughs> to never be seen again. That's so, right. We were going to do an appeal for any uh, federal fans listening. Uh, <laughs> 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 I saw a dad walking down the. I think after no, it was at half time walking down the, the terraces with his little two-year-old kid, and the kid sort of slipped through the hole. And you know, if he wasn't holding up to his dad's hand, he would have been gone. So yeah, you got to be careful. my keys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was. Dan's first trip to Ferro. It was unforgettable. Yeah. Yeah. And what was the score out of it? Uh, Ferro won 1 0 against San Martin, San yeah. Martin de Tucumán. And a uh, former first division club fairly recently, and that puts Ferro. Because you were telling me, Dan, that they're, they're, they're the top Buenos Aires club in the second division now, aren't they? Yeah. I think I mentioned that to you actually. Oh, that's what Dan. This is what Dan said. But but they're about about fifteenth in the table. Uh, Primera B. Ah, Primera B. One one division lower. Yeah, sorry, the third division. Yeah, Yeah. third tier. I think that's their third win of the season. All of them have been one 0 Yeah, but but I think yeah. What what English Dan was telling me was that they're the top club from Greater Buenos Aires, but all of the ones above them are from the Provincias. So (laughs) so they're still like mid table or somewhere. They've got. They've got no chance to go. Yeah, we'll be seeing them in, in the top division probably in two or three years. I two or three years. Yeah. And then the Libertadores, we're talking Four. Yeah, 2018. Yeah, and, and for any Aston Villa fans listening, Ferro should be the, the team you like in Argentina because they used to play Claret and Blue and they, they the, the founder was uh, from Birmingham and he was an Aston Villa fan. He made them play with those kids until they... A uh, few years later, they changed to an all green mm. uh, shirt, which is uh, doesn't have any resemblance to the Aston Villa kit. But uh, <laughs> in the early 2000s, they they had a, a claret and blue shirt yeah. in, in uh, how do you call it? Um, commemorate to commemorate their history, yeah, yeah. And, and so yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's I a link with the. I guess now for Aston Villa fans, uh, <coughs> or Burnley yeah. fans, or. <coughs> it was it was blue because of Aston Villa, uh, <coughs> not because of West Ham or, or Burnley. Right. Yeah. Now I was going to say before I had a coffee, but <laughs> I guess the most natural club now for Burnley and Aston Villa fans to to follow would be Lanús, who don't have the blue but still have kind of a, a sort of claret kit. Yeah. All right. Shall we? Let's. Uh, yeah. If, if you're ready, done. Let's let's move on to Mystic Down after your theme music. Okay. 
So, we have um, Gimnasia Independiente I have as a draw. I have Banfield to beat Argentinos Juniors, uh, which would be their first loss of the season, Argentinos. Uh, Newell's Arsenal I have as a draw. Uh, Vélez to beat Olimpo away. Uh, Always Lanús draw. Racing to beat Tigre at home. Godoy Cruz to beat Huracán at home. River to win away at Quilmes. San Lorenzo to win at home to Colón. And in the big match, uh, Estudiantes to beat Boca in the Bombonera. I thought you were going to give the Ferro score when you said the big match. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that. Out of interest, Dan, because I really wasn't paying any attention to it this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. How, how did you do last week? Quite well, actually. At least five. When I say at least five, I mean five. Okay. <laughs> no, I was doing some of the, the odd predictions I made last week actually came out, and I, I, had, I think I had like three out of the first four right. Yeah, because I, I remember looking at them on kind of middle of Saturday afternoon. I looked at a couple of scores and thought, I think Dan's doing all right. So yeah, I'm, and then sort of <laughs> 60 minutes into the, the games on Saturday, I was, I was looking at five out of six kind of thing until uh, River got another goal and, and Racing fell apart. Yeah. But, no, quite good. Quite good week. No, of the the ones you've just predicted, I'd certainly say Estudiantes Boca is the um, least controversial, possibly. Uh, as I mentioned, they won against a re- Boca won against a really poor team um, at the weekend. But having to play Estudiantes next is is another matter entirely. And we'll see. We'll see what kind of atmosphere they can get. It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere at the Bombonera. Yeah. I might try and go. I haven't been to the Bombonera for a long time. So yeah, I, I mean, if, they, if there's anything to be said for it, then I think the fact that they did get a win, which is going to be a huge morale boost for them, will be that should do something for the team. And I'll I think you're be also it, being I, a little harsh on Cologne, Sam. I wouldn't say they're t- like... They can't seem to win a home game for anything this well, year. Yeah, I mean, at home... Way, I think they've won about three out of four or something. Like. Yeah, they beat uh, all boys... Uh, Goro Cruz, possibly? Yeah, they beat yeah. Goro Cruz with a great goal from Fuertes. Yeah. Halfway, almost the halfway line. Yeah. yeah. But they got at home, they got only 11 out of the last 27 points. Yeah. So that that's the stadium known as the Elephant's Graveyard, but and it looks like as if they are the elephants now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but this week they're, they're away to San Lorenzo, and yeah, I don't see San Lorenzo losing that one. No. <laughs> Not possibly a draw, but anyway. Uh, and the other big prediction was Argentinos' first loss of the season. Yeah, I have nothing more to say. <laughs> what, what was it in the tea leaves that made you? Uh, this this was tarot cards actually that I was okay. I got out. This kind of skeleton guy came up. And it reminded me. you of, of Ferreira. <laughs> yeah, that feels a fairly high flying. Look how long was that prediction? I can see Argentinos slipping up. Yeah, I think they have to, like, 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 to, have to lose at some point. Right, although their results have been lucky draws, or you know, not, yeah. they haven't been setting the world up. Are they, are they busy with Copa Libertadores action this week? Uh, they might well be this week. Uh, Estudiantes are playing Tolima mm-hmm. on Wednesday night, so that'll probably be tonight for our listeners by the time I get this online. Then Gode Cruz visit uh, Peñarol in Uruguay. Yeah. On Thursday night. Argentinos might be playing because they didn't play last... I don't think they are. There's, I think maybe because the international schedule there's a pretty uh, a pretty uh, thin selection of games this week in yeah. uh, Libertadores. True. Uh, anybody have anything that they're particularly looking forward to in the weekend I'm to looking come? forward for Di Maria to be dropped <laughs> the national team. That's That's all I'm asking for. I'm just hoping for a racing win to, to yeah, cut short this run of 
defeats and yeah. you know, keep dreaming for the championship. I'll, I'll obviously be hoping for a river win, which is what Dan has predicted away to Kielemes, and I don't think it's an unreasonable prediction. The, the, the thing I'll, I'll say about that game is just that it's a really big one for the relegation. Get, obviously, all of Rivers are, but this is against a direct, uh, as they say, direct rivals in the relegation table. I mean, Kielemes are probably the most useless of, of all of the direct rivals that anybody in relegation worries and has got. But it kind of it's always slightly bigger when when you win against them, obviously, because it's going to push you that little bit further up ahead of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful. I've, I've no idea who's going to score for River, but then I've not had any idea who's going to score for them for the last year or so now. But they have still occasionally managed to win games. Um, no, I'm just gonna, as I said, I might try and get along to the one one era, and if not, um, I might actually try and get to that Kilmes River mm. game. So I haven't been to Kilmes Stadium. It's not great. No. <laughs> no it's a know. long. It's a long way out. Yeah. Um, that's that's all I know about it because I've not. I've not been either. <laughs> no, I've got a few friends out there somewhere. And that's all. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Um, on that note. <laughs> if you can't tell, listeners, we we haven't been drinking for a net this week. Which no. Is, it makes for a lot more um, serious. And a lot more tidy podcast. A lot I think. tidier. Yeah. We, yeah. we seem to finish it about forty-five minutes quicker than we do normally <laughs> which, which is a blessing for me because I won't have to do as much editing um, uh, and for the record I never drink Fernet so if <laughs> I do wrong if I do badly <laughs> yeah. in other episodes don't blame me on the alcohol no that's just, that's just the rest of us uh, rubbing off on Seba not not in a literal sense <laughs> <laughs> but, but as you will have noted listeners we have all basically stopped talking now of our own <laughs> so I think it's probably a good time um, for us all to say a collective Farewell, and we'll join you again next week, hopefully in the presence of Zombie, who's been mercifully absent this week. He took a uh, break for the internationals. Yeah, yeah, he he was called up as one of the Argentine mascots, I think. Yeah. Um, Isn't it the is it the gay Argentinian team or the blind Argentinian team? They're called the Dogos. That's the gay. The blind are called the bats. So Zombie's been called up to the to the gay national team. <laughs> On which note, we should <laughs> we'll say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Goodbye. Hello.